Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, let's go over to Isaiah 26. And I want to uh, continue to look at something that we've been looking at the last few Sundays entitled, In the Consistency Lies the Power. If you want to see or experience the power of anything, you have to do it consistently. And that's whatever it may be. Uh, you, you, you name the, the scenario, and it's what you do consistently. Uh, when, when, for instance, you're learning a new language, you're learning a, a language that's not your native language, if you don't consistently practice and speak it and, and, and say it and use it, uh, there's no power behind it. I have to do it consistently. I have to practice uh, whatever it may be, if you're learning a trade or, or whatever. Well, the same goes for what the Word and everything within the Word. And we've been looking at different things that the Bible tells us to hold fast to, to take fast hold of. And we're not necessarily using that verbiage today. We will next week. But there's something that the Bible tells us to do consistently. And in Isaiah 26... And verse 3, we're going to begin to see this pattern. And it's a familiar verse, but I want you to see this. He says in Isaiah 26, 3, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because, notice, he trusteth in you. And that perfect peace in the Hebrew, it's double. It's peace, peace. You'll keep him in peace, peace. It, in other words... It is this, this, it's the most perfect peace that you can have, all right? And it says that the person that's kept in perfect peace is the person whose mind is stayed on him. That word stayed, it means to lean or to uphold or to support. So he's talking about your mind. So he's saying the person that leans their mind on God or lets God be the support of their mind. All right? Here's the one I really like, to prop. So you prop up your thinking by keeping your mind stayed on God. Amen. Do you see that? But notice he says it has to be stayed. I have to prop it up. I have to lean consistently in my thinking on God. And, and it's this consistency. When, when you do something that's stayed, it's something that I'm consistently doing. All right? And then he said, because, notice, because he trusteth in you. So, in other words, 
I'm leaning my mind on God. I'm keeping my mind stayed on Him because I trust Him. Right? And the word trust or trusteth is to trust. It is to be bold, to feel safe. So in other words, I put my mind and I stay it on Him because I feel safe when I do that. There's a boldness that comes into me when I keep my mind stayed on Him. Here, the, my favorite definition is to be careless. Now that's not careless like you're doing something reckless. It's to be without care. Now again, this is Scripture. And John 17, 17 says that the Word is truth. So the word that is truth is saying that if I keep my mind stayed on Him, that I will be bold, I will be fear-free and careless. Amen. Because I'm focused on what He has to say. Amen. Now in Proverbs 4, thank you Jesus. Another scripture that very often uh, is quoted, but it does us good to look at these scriptures and understand that uh, there's a reason they're in the in the Bible. Proverbs four and twenty three. It says, "Keep your heart with all diligence." It, it, the actual rendering is above all keeping. In other words, above all that you keep, keep your heart. And he says, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The word keep, of course, means to guard. All right, guard your heart. Now, there's a reason for this, and we'll get into it in a moment. But he says, guard your heart with all diligence. That word diligence, when we think about diligence, we think about something we do consistently. But when you study that in the Hebrew language, it means this. It means to be like a prison guard. Diligent like a prison guard. Diligent like the guard that's in the watchtower in the corner of the prison. He's constantly watching. He's constantly looking. All right? It, when you guard something, uh, I, I knew a person one time that was a night watchman, and this was many years ago, and uh, they gave him a canister, and in the canister he had a, a tape. And he would have to walk around this area where he was a guard at certain times of the night, and there was a key on each of those gates, and he would have to insert that key into the canister and turn it, and it would print the time that he was at each gate. And he had to be at each of those gates at a certain time. So he had to be diligent to be at every gate at the time he was supposed to be there. So this isn't just saying that you need to, 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 to make an effort. It's saying you need to be diligent like someone who's guarding something that is very valuable or guarding to keep something out that's very detrimental. And he said, you've got to do it like a watchman on a tower whose job it is to keep those things out. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen? Amen? Do you see this? Amen. 
And he says the process there, notice Isaiah said that you keep your mind stayed on him. And then Proverbs says you guard your heart with all diligence. Now why do I guard, why is that so important? Because you guard your heart by keeping your mind. If you don't keep your mind, you can't guard your heart. Because the way information gets into your heart is through your mind. You can't, you can't get around that. The way you think, the way you see, and that's how it's going to be. You, you can't get around that. The mind is the entryway to your heart. And what, what gets into your mind comes through what you see, what you hear, what you give your attention to. Amen. Do you see that? And this is at any time. My family, this is not just for the season that we're dealing with now. This is at any time. Amen. You know, before, before this issue hit the world, there were people that were full of fear before this ever happened. And when this situation occurred, it just, it tore them up. Amen. And, and just produced more fear. Amen. The Lord said to me, He said, there's, there's three different things. And He said, there's three kinds of people that are going to come through this. He said, number one is going to be the people that were full of faith before it ever occurred. And he said, they're going to come out of it stronger than they went into it because they were already in faith. He said, there's going to be people that were mediocre in their faith and and they're going to get stronger because they've had to apply the pressure during the season. But he said, there's people that had to build their faith. You don't want to have to build your faith when something comes. You want it to already be built. And the way you do that is you got to guard your mind. And you keep your heart. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Do you see this? Notice in uh, Isaiah 8. And I want to read this to you from a different translation because it's so important. What, what you listen to, and it's not just sinful things. You, you got to watch things uh, like conspiracy theories. Amen. You, you got to watch them. They, and here's why. They, they deter you. They distract you. They, they get your mind thinking on something that you don't have any business thinking on. In uh, Isaiah 8, 11 through 13, I want to read it to you from the Passion Translation. The Lord's mighty hand rested on me, and he said this. Notice, it says, The Lord's mighty hand rested upon me, and he warned me with these words not to act like these people. Don't believe their every conspiracy rumor. And don't fear what they fear. Don't be moved or terrified. Fear nothing and no one except Yahweh. Notice what he says. He says, first of all, all the rumors, the conspiracy rumors, things of that nature, don't believe it. And then he said, don't fear what they fear. There's a difference between being responsible and fearing. Amen. I'll say that again. There's a difference between being responsible and fearing. It's responsible to wash your hands. 
It's responsible to put money back in a retirement fund. It's responsible to invest your money. Right? Amen. There are people in the day and age we're in, they're washing their hands out of fear and they think they're helping themselves and they're leaving their heart wide open. Because fear can't affect you if it doesn't get in your heart. And once it gets in your heart, it can destroy you. Amen. Amen. Do, do you see this? And he said, when you start hearing all these things, don't believe them. What, what do we believe? What the Word of God said. Brother Hagin said this. He said, if what you hear preached doesn't cause faith to come and build faith in your spirit, then it, is, then it either isn't the Word of God or else you're not hearing it. If what you're hearing doesn't cause faith to come, it's either not the Word of God or you're not hearing it. What does that mean? We're supposed to be listening to things and putting our attention on things that are building our faith. Amen. Fear, and we're going to talk about this, is spiritual contraband. And the believer should never be caught with it. Amen. Do you see that? And I've had people say, but it just seems impossible not to fear. It is not impossible not to fear when you are told somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 times in the Bible not to. Amen. But how do I do that? I got to keep my mind stayed on Him. I got to guard my heart like a prison guard guards the prison. I've got, I've got to check every thought that's coming in my mind. I've got to run it through the spiritual metal detector. And if it goes off, sorry, you can't come in. I, I, I know that's simple. I know it's an oversimplification. But your mind is your mind. And you got to guard your mind. And you got to keep that out of your mind. Because nobody else can do it for you. You can come to church and hear good preaching. You can watch it online. You can listen to tapes or CDs or whatever you listen to. But at some point, i got to take what I'm hearing and apply it in my life. Amen. At some point, I've got to go, okay, Lord, you said don't fear, so I'm not going to. Amen. Yeah, but Jesus said, let me tell you what Jesus said. He said, you'll see, you'll see wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. And then he said this, see to it that you're not troubled. You see to it that you're not troubled. Amen. So what does that mean? No matter what's going on, no matter what is happening, I can see to it that I'm not troubled. Amen. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, you know, you know the, the pestilence is. Listen, here's what a pestilence is. A pestilence means this, a mysterious disease that can kill you. That's what it means. That's what the world's dealing with right now. Amen. Oh, we don't know, and we just don't know, and we just don't know. And there's no answer in I just don't know. Right? If somebody comes and says, hey, what are we going to do about this? I don't know. I, I just don't know. I just, I, I, I just don't know. Quit talking to them. They don't know. You're not going to get an answer because they don't know. We know. We know the Bible says that I will not fear the pestilence that wasteth at noonday 
or that walks by night. I'm not going to fear it. So if it comes in the day or it comes in the night, I will not fear because my mind has stayed on you. Amen. Do you see that? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Do you see that? And so that, that is spiritual contraband. And when the alarm goes off, and your spirit will set off the alarm. Well, wait, 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 that's, that's fear. Amen. And, 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 and then I've got to take action. Right? And we taught a lot in the church, especially in our circles, about casting down imaginations. But you know, that casting down imaginations carries with it a violent connotation, meaning that you grab that thing and you slam it down on the ground and you hold it there and you don't let it back up. It's, it's, it's the Greek word kata, and it means to come down heavily on something, come down forcefully on it. You're not playing with those thoughts. You're not saying, oh, Jesus, help me. Hallelujah. You're grabbing that thing and casting it down and saying, no, you don't. I'm not having that. What's that? I don't think like that. That is not my thought. God has not given me the spirit of fear. So therefore, I'm not going to have it. I'm not, I'm not going to have anything in my life God hasn't given me. Amen. Do, do, do you understand that? Oh, glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So important. It's so important. Be, 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 because that's, that's what the, the, the airwaves are flooded with, and that's what the energy of the world, it's all, it's all about fearing. Amen. And, th- and that's just in a normal time. That's in a normal time. Glory to God. Look at Ephesians 3. Am I helping you this morning? Because your, 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 your mind... You have to protect it to guard your heart. I've had people say, and and inevitably I will hear this. Well, you know, I started battling this, and then they'll say, because you know I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And it was never an issue till you thought about it. And I've heard people say, and had people, I've had people say this to me, well, you just live in a dream world. I know, and it's good over here. Yes, Amen. We've taught for years, folks, that faith doesn't deny anything. Faith overcomes. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world or whatever may be going on in the world. We are victorious because of our faith. Amen. Ephesians 3 and 20, notice. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now a couple things I want you to see is it doesn't say now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think in certain seasons. It's making a definitive statement about what God can do. And it says, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. 
exceeding abundantly. In other words, take abundantly and whatever abundantly looks like to you, tack exceeding that onto it and that's what God can do. But he says, ask or think. The word ask means to ask or to crave or desire or require. Exceeding abundantly all that we can ask, crave, desire, or require. So just whatever you may have need of, just put it in there. He can do exceeding abundantly. But then he says, ask or think. When you think, that means to exercise the mind or to observe or perceive. Another definition that I like is to ponder or consider. Now, this is so important because when you begin to imagine things, the word imagine means to form a mental picture of or to create in the mind. It's, 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 uh, it's imaging. Your imagination is imaging. Hallelujah. So to imagine is to form a mental picture. To create in the mind. What, what is the mental picture that your thoughts are trying to form? See, this is why you want to keep your mind stayed on Him. Amen. The imagination is the formation of a mental image or concept of that which is not real or present. The formation of a, of a mental image or concept of that which is not real or present. Imagination, again, is the formation of a mental image or concept of that which is not real or present. So in other words, it's not real or present, but you're imagining it. Imagination is a powerful thing for, for both camps, God's camp and the devil's camp. If the enemy can get you imagining something, he can get you moving away from what God wants you to move into. Because I'm imagining something. We, we've all told people things before. I've dealt with people before that were just being unreasonable about things. And they would, they would make a statement. I'd say, that's your imagination. You're, you're imagining that. Nobody th- feels that way. Nobody thinks that way. But they had built a mental image in their mind that that's how it was. Amen. Do, do you see that? And, and Paul said, that we can have exceeding abundantly what we think to exercise the mind, to observe, to perceive. Amen. And so my imagination forms an image or a concept of what I don't see right now, something that's not real. So my imagination aids me in receiving from God. But notice something. God's strategy for winning begins with imagination. In uh, Joshua chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you got to do this diligently. That's why phrases like somebody will say, uh, uh, you know, are you, uh, are you coming to church? 
Or are you going over here and they'll go, well, uh, you know, I think so. Well, see, that has become a catchphrase. When you say, in reality, if you use that literally, if you said, well, I think so, it means I'm thinking on it. Right? I'm thinking on it. I'm putting my imagination on it. And I'll be there. But what that's turned into is just a catchphrase, a byword, to not say no, but not commit. I mean, think about it. If you're married and, and your spouse said, Honey, do you love me? And you go, uh, I think so. It's not going to work. Not going to work. Amen. What do you mean, think? <laughs> you better know. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when I, when I say words like I think so or I imagine, well, I may, somebody will say, uh, 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 boy, that'd be a bad thing, wouldn't it? Well, I'd, I imagine so. Well, but those just become filler words and they're so powerful. When you're thinking about something, you're pondering. You're, and we're going to look at it in the scripture. You're rolling it over in your mind. You're looking at it from every different angle. When, when, for instance, when you start thinking about God's ability to keep you and you start seeing how scripture describes him, my rock, my fortress, my high tower, my unmovable place, you cannot think about God according to scripture and then think that you could possibly fail. Amen. Amen. Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, notice those two words, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So, the word meditate, of course, the first root of that means to imagine or to ponder or mutter. So eventually what you're imagining, what you're pondering, what you're thinking on, you're going to begin to talk. Amen. And he said that when that begins to occur, then you'll have success. Then you'll make your way prosperous. So there's no prosperity or success until I do that. If imagining the right things produces result, what happens when we imagine the wrong things? Because every time you're, you're presented with a thought, it has a negative or a positive side. And if you, if you start imagining on the negative, you're going to go down that road. That may sound simple, but it's the truth. That's, that's why you can look at some people, no matter what they're facing, they have an attitude of peace, they have an attitude of, of joy, they have an attitude of thanksgiving. And then you look at other people, something comes along and it throws them off the track. They, they just go down this road, what's going to happen, how are we going to make it, what's, what are we going to do? It's because when that thought came, they started imagining failure. 
They started imagining not making it. They started imagining we're going to lose everything. The other person, when that thought came, they started saying, God's too big to let me fail. I can't go under. God is my source. God is my high tower. God is my provider. Amen. Do, do you see that? Glory be to God. Amen. So imagining the right things produces results, but imagining the wrong things produces results. Because it all works the same way. Everything that God gave you as a believer that works positively works just as well negatively. When, for instance, and we'll probably teach more on this tonight. We've been talking about words and authority. When you say something, We've been taught that you'll have what you say, and you will, 100%. But here's why. Because you're releasing authority. You've been given the authority to have what you say. And so when someone says, I'm blessed going in, and I'm blessed coming out, I'm blessed in the basket, blessed in the field, blessed in everything that I do, it's no wonder that person's blessed because they're exercising their authority. It's not just a positive statement. They're exercising the authority God's given them. Amen. That same person can turn negative and receive the negative just as quick. Because it's their authority. Amen. So your imagination can imagine good or evil. Positive or negative. And make no mistake, you will go the road of your most recent thought. You can't get away from that. Amen. If the thought in a person's mind is, what are we going to do? Oh, my Lord, everything. Right? Then that's the path they're going to go down. Amen. The process of imagination is this. Thought plus ponder and imagine. Thought plus ponder and imagine. That's the process of imagination. You think about it, you ponder it, you roll it around, and you imagine it. Amen. Then thought plus believe, you'll have faith. Thought plus believe is faith. Amen. That's why your material... You have to meditate on the proper material. Because improper material develops fear. Improper material develops failure. Well, you know, I try not to be afraid, but, but you know, they said on the news and they said this, improper material. Amen. Listen, I said this last night, I'll say it again. In, in the military, uh, corporations, whatever it may be, they have a policy book, right? In, in the military, they have a policy book. They, uh, uh, the Marine Corps, they have a, a certain way that your uh, 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 pants are supposed to, to be in your boots. And, and, you know, even in the military, a, a, a private, if the sergeant's pants are incorrect, the private can very respectfully say, uh, Sergeant... Uh, I, 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 I believe that's incorrect. 
And the sergeant, because he knows the policy book, will correct it. Now, it needs to be done respectfully, right? But, but here's the thing. On any policy, nobody can make you keep the policy. It's just in the book. Right? Amen. See, improper material develops fear. No one can tell you what to watch or what to listen to. That's up to you. But I can tell you, according to the policy manual, improper material develops fear. Right? When, when you read through the book of Job, Job chapter 1 tells us that Job was the richest man in the east. Amen. When, when, when you really look at what Job owned, he had a homestead that reached from around here to the middle of Maumel. Man had a big place. He was a billionaire, according to our standards. He was, he was an exporter, importer, exporter. He was the richest man in the east. And it says, he feared God and eschewed evil. He knew who God was, and he stayed away from people that were doing wrong things. But he started thinking wrong. Amen. What did he start thinking? Oh my goodness, what if my kids have cursed God? Is that what it says? And it says he, that he would go sacrifice for them. And while he was sacrificing, say, I, I better do this because my kids may have cursed God. And it says, thus Job did continually. What? Sacrificed and said. And then Job chapter 3, he made this statement. The thing I greatly feared has come on me. Right? And, and the Hebrew is, I feared a fear and it came on me. Now Job was righteous. He feared God. He eschewed evil. God had blessed him more than anybody he knew. Right? But notice what he did. He meditated on the wrong material. The, the enemy didn't have to have a very big door. When, when in, in, in Genesis chapter 2, when the, when the, the serpent came to Eve, if, if you look at that, he didn't ask a question that was immediately noticeable that it was something wrong. He just came and said, has God said? Enough to get her thinking. Now, Pastor, how does that apply to me? Well, how many times have you heard this? You sure you're going to make it? Right? You know, what if this falls apart? Now, wait a minute. Here's the key. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Right? You start thinking on that, you begin to imagine all the possibilities. Right? Amen. 
Well, you know, better people than me have lost their job. Better people than me have this. You know, and, 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 and what were you, that guy's a lot smarter than me. And I mean, you know, amen. You'll, you'll hear people say things like this. They'll say, well, you know, uh, uh, I, I understand that you exercise and you eat right. And, and, you know, but there have been people younger than you that fell over from a heart attack, that ran every day, that ate right every day, that did right every day. Improper material. I will not die, but I will live. Right? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, but what at this? He said he would keep me alive in famine. And he said in the book of Job, at famine I would laugh. See, that's, that's what you got to imagine. It doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what I'm facing. Don't let your imagination begin to build you an image of doing anything but making it. I, I just won't do that. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. I had, I had a friend send me some information not too long ago. And, and, and they sent it and they said, what do you think about this? And I sent them back what the Lord has been saying to us. I don't care about that. This is what the Lord said to me. Amen. Yeah, but this is what's going on. Yeah, but this is what the Lord said. The only way you change what's going on is by sticking with what God said. Everything else is improper material. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Improper material. Notice Psalm 1. Am I helping you today? This is so important. Yeah, but it's so real. There is nothing more real than the Word. Nothing. Amen. It, it, hallelujah. This is the most real thing you can ever deal with. In Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. Notice where his delight is in. The law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate. That's the same word that we saw in Joshua. So in the law or in the word does he imagine, ponder, mutter. Notice day and night. Now notice. If it's day and night, there's never a time that's neither day nor night. So that means that is supposed to be my meditation. Amen. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither and whatever he does will prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. When it says, wither there, his leaf shall not wither, he shall not fade, is what it means. So, meaning this, however good it is for you right now, don't expect it to fade. Because my meditation is on the Word. And I can't meditate on the Word and things not get better. Amen. Not going to fade. Not going to fade. Not going to wither. Mm-hmm. Why? Because my mind is stayed on Him. This is my meditation. Oh, glory. Look at, look at some of these examples. Psalm 77. Psalm 77. 
and uh, verse 12. Notice what the psalmist says. I will meditate of all your work and talk of your doings. Notice what he said. That's what I'm going to meditate on. Yeah, but this is going on. Yeah, but what's God doing? Yeah, but they said, yeah, but what did the Word say? Right? Isn't that what Paul said? He wrote to a group and he said, you know, you're asking this question. And he said, what saith the Scripture? I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, how, how, how you're righteous because you're a Jew. And, and you're talking about how you're righteous because you're a Gentile. And, and he said, but what's the Scripture says? Here's what Scripture says. It says, everybody without Christ is unrighteous. There's none righteous, no, not one. And your righteousness is as filthy rags. He said, but the Scripture said, you were brought into this covenant even though you didn't deserve it. And you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but they're saying this and they're saying that. Yeah, but what saith the Scripture? I'll meditate on that. Thank you. Amen. And I will get what I meditate on. Amen. Do do you see that? Psalm, uh, Psalm 143 and verse 5. What's the Scripture say? You know what God has said. And, and this is on, on any area. I'm going to say this one last time just so you can be clear. I'm not just talking about the season we're in. Folks, I'll be very frank with you. I am so far beyond this season. It's in my rearview mirror. It's, it's like that old Mac Davis song I knew when I was a kid. I thought happiness was Lubbock, Texas in the rearview mirror. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. COVID-19 is so far in my rearview mirror. I am so far beyond that. Amen. I can't tell you the last time I really even thought about it. Not because I'm being irresponsible or because I'm being careless. It's we got things to do. Everything that God has asked you to do with your life, everything that God wants to do for you, He still plans to do, and He still needs you to do it, and He does He knows what's going on, but He still has given you a destiny. He's still giving you an assignment. He's still giving you something to get done. Glory be to God. And, and, and the world is coming. He said the harvest of souls would be great. He said the babies were going to line out outside the door and they were going to need bottles and pacifiers and knees to bounce them. And he said the harvest would be tremendous. The devil, don't you know the devil always pushes too far? He always overplays his hand and he always underestimates the church. And he tries with different things. He'll try it with the economy. He'll try it with a pandemic. He'll try it with evil leaders. But the church just keeps rising to the occasion. The church just keeps praying. The church just keeps stopping him on every turn. There's nothing he can do because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in the earth. And he cannot overcome the church. Because Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. They will not. And no matter what he does, we're a step ahead of him. Amen. Glory be to God. 
And I know there's some things we're dealing with and, and some uncomfortableness, but I'm telling you, we're in the fifth month. We're in the month of grace. He said this in this month, His grace was going to be shown to a people that had largely forgotten Him, but because of His unchanging nature and His love, He was going to show them His grace. Amen. Glory be to God. Do, do you see that? That's what you meditate on. That's what you stay on. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, my Lord, I have preached myself happy. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Yeah, but this and that and the economy. I, I think I just saw two slides today that give me evidence that the kingdom economy is okay. That the economy in the kingdom is doing just fine. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see that? Not, not one person. I'm, I'm just going to testify. Not, not one person in our fellowship has lost their job. Not one person has had a cut in pay. No, we've seen raises. We've seen bonuses. We've seen thousands. Promotion. Hallelujah. I know of three people that got into houses supernaturally. That God did it when they couldn't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that's what I got to ponder on. That's what I got to think on. David said, when I meditate in the night watches about what you've done for me, about how you brought me out, he said, then my soul cries out, Hallelujah. Look what God. Glory. In other words, David is laying on his bed and he starts thinking about what God has done and he's got to get up and shout. He's got to get up and run. He's got to get up and say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo! Amen. I may have told you this before, but I'll tell you again. It's like the old boy, he used to go to that church, they were very reserved. And man, he'd get happy. The preacher would start preaching. He'd get happy and shout. And the people didn't like it. So the board sent him, sent the pastor out to the old boy's farm. And the old boy was out there. He was, he was, he was plowing with his mule. Amen. And the preacher came out and stopped him. He said, Reverend, how you doing? He said, I'm doing good. He said, you know, they small talk. He said, uh, uh, but I got something to ask you. He said, tell you. He said, what's that? He said, well, the board sent me out here. And, 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 and you know... It's that shouting and dancing and running, you know. Amen. And uh, he said, uh, uh, I know, you know, we need you to quiet down. He said, you need me to quiet down. And he said, yeah, I need you to quiet down. And he said, well, you know, I just get to thinking about what God's done for me. And I just get to thinking about where he brought me from. And he looked at the pastor and he said, Hold my mule. And he just, he just started shouting about the goodness of God. Listen, I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but I got an answer for you. Hold my mule. I'm going to shout. I'm going to glorify God because God has done far too much for us. Hallelujah. God who saved you, God who filled you with the Holy Ghost, 
God that delivered you. God that brought you out. God will keep you. God will preserve you. God will make a way for you. Hallelujah. Just hold my mule. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now y'all saw Pastor Michelle shouting. Now when we got married, she was a shouting machine. Still is. But man, she was on the praise team. And the praise team would be singing a song about the goodness of God. And before you know it, she'd just be breaking down in the corner, shouting, dancing. And you know, I had people in our lives that thought she was too noisy. Amen. Too vociferous. And you know what my thought about that was? I'm going to let her shout all she wants. Amen. Because it wasn't you that delivered her. It wasn't you that set her free. It wasn't you that brought her into my life. Now, I will quiet her down if you promise me that if any of that tries to come back on her, that you can set her free and deliver her. Oh, you can't? Then, baby, go on ahead and praise God. Amen. And when I meditate on that, when I meditate on that, when I meditate on somebody that did not hear the gospel till she was 23 years of age, that was addicted to every kind of substance you could be addicted to, had made a vow that she would never ever be sober another day in her life, that overdosed three times and went to hell and came running back to her body. When I meditate on that, how that she walked into a little church and the man of God said, do you want to be free? And she said, I want to be free. And in an instant, 20 some odd years of addiction, 20 some odd years of failure went away and God came <laughs> 15 years not 20 15 years amen thank you Lord hallelujah that's what you got to ponder on amen hallelujah oh glory he said hallelujah Psalm 143 and 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. Notice what he said. I'm thinking about the days of old. I'm thinking about where you brought me from. I'm thinking about how you brought me out. I'm thinking about the works, your works, what you did in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I start singing, Oh, what joy came to me when I knew that I was free, when my Savior found me, put His arms around me. Oh, what joy came to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just, just can't help it. David said, I meditate on your works. I think about what you did all those years ago. Oh, my God. Am I helping you? He said, I muse on the works of your hands. In other words, that really gets my attention. I really focus in on that. Amen. Glory to God. 
Amen. That's why we sang those songs coming up in church. I get joy when I think about what is done for me. I get joy when I think about what is done for me. I get joy when I think about what is done for me. Amen. Then somebody stand up and say, you can't tell it like I can what is done for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let me tell it. You can't tell it what is done for me. Amen. And, and, and then you'd see the sister. She put her hand behind her back. Oh, you can't tell it like I can. Amen. Hallelujah. But you see, there was something. There was something bubbling up on the inside of them. You don't know like I know what God's done for me. And I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking on it. I've been musing on it. And it makes me want to shout. Oh, my Lord. He said, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to talk of your doings. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if I don't have nobody to talk to, go in the mirror. Hey, let me tell you what God's done. Let me tell you what God's done for me. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Every time I think about it, people gave up on me. Churches gave up on me. Family gave up on me. But somehow God showed up. And he said, I'm not done with you. I'm not finished with your life. And every time I think about him passing by my way and reaching out and saying, I still got a job for you. It makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. 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 Look at uh, Psalm 119 and verse 99. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Amen. You know, sometimes we say it in jest, but I grew up in churches like that. And old folks would stand up and they'd say, I thank God that when I got up this morning, I was in my right mind. Why did they say that? Because there was a time they weren't in their right mind. There's a time they weren't thinking right. And now they're thinking right. They'd stand up and say, I thank God I got the full mobility of all my limbs. Why? There was a time they weren't walking right. They weren't talking right. They weren't doing right. But now they are able. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? There's sometimes you just need to stand up and tell people, thank God for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you. I'm meditating on the fact that you saved me. God, if you saved me and made me a new creature, there's nothing you can't do in my life. Oh, glory. Notice there in Psalm 119 and verse 99, he says this. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I can know everything I need to know by meditating on what he said. Amen. And, and, and you not only meditate on where he brought you from, you meditate on where he's taking you to. If your deliverance was so great, think about how your victory is going to be so great. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. What God brought you out of, God can keep you out of. 
It, it, it would be one thing if he was a deliverer and couldn't keep you. But not only can he deliver you, he can keep you. He said, I'll keep you from the evil way. I'll keep you from destruction. I'll keep you from the plots of the enemy. I'll keep you from the plans of the devil. So God not only delivers you from what the enemy wants you to do and wants to bring into your life, he keeps you from it. Oh, hallelujah. Look, 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 look at 1 Timothy 4. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm ahead of myself and getting there quick. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Timothy 4. Do, do you see that? Man, we, we were back in, uh, in Kentucky, of course, for my dad's service, and uh, we, were, we were going back over to the home place, and, and, of course, me and my sister spent our summers there growing up uh, with my grandma, and uh, I'm a third-generation Pentecostal preacher. My granddaddy was a, a, a preacher, and, and my mom's a preacher, and, and, and so we were there, and, uh, of course, now my grandfather... Uh, Clarence Palmer on my mom's side, he passed away the same week I was born, 1966, he passed away. And, uh, but I remember going and, and we would go to church. My aunt and uncle, Carl and uh, Pauline Osborne, were Baptists. Everybody say, thank God for the Baptists. They were Baptists, Christian Baptists. I, I never quite understood that. Is there Baptists that aren't Christian? I, I don't know. But they were Christian Baptists, and uh, they went to the Christian Baptist Church. Well, my grandmother, of course, didn't drive, and my Aunt Pauline didn't drive. My Uncle Carl, we called him Cuddy, Uncle Cuddy, he was the only one that drove, and he was Baptist. So when you went with Uncle Cuddy to church, you went to the Baptist church. And we would go there for, for uh, 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 vacation Bible school. Now, I'm, I'm going to make a point. Amen. And uh, now my grandmother, she didn't do much shouting in the Baptist church because they didn't give much room. But she would go visit the Pentecostal church. <laughs> My grandfather was Church of God, all right, so Pentecostal. And uh, uh, I, I can still remember her to this day. My grandmother was very simple. She, she wore her hair up in a Pentecostal bun. Amen. I, I never saw her in makeup. I never saw her in a pair of pants. Not that that's wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that was, that was her. That was who she was. And she would stand up. They'd say, Miss Palmer, do you have a testimony? And she'd stand up. And, and you knew when it's about to hit because she'd put those hands behind her, her, her back. And just from way down in her spirit, she'd say, Woo! Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Woo, Jesus! Amen. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Amen. And she'd start rocking. When I hear that trumpet sound, oh, Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm, uh, the point I'm making is this. Then she'd go into the song. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna hold on. Now, she's a little bit more southern than I am. I'm a little more soulful than she was. But by the man, by the time she got done, the, the atmosphere had shifted. Because when she stood up to testify, she was testifying about something that was real. Something that meant something to her. Amen. You, you understand? 
When you testify and you start declaring what you're saying, this is where God brought me from, this is where God's taken me to, and God's able to keep me. Amen. 1 Timothy 4 and 15. Paul wrote Timothy and he said, Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. That word profiting may appear to all is that your progress may be evident. And notice he says, meditate. Of course, that word meditate, the root is to imagine. But here's one. It means to revolve in the mind. Now, I went all the way through everything we've taught to get you here. Revolve in the mind. You know what a revolving door is. If, if you go out to Baptist Hospital, you got to enter in through a revolving door. Right? And I've watched people miss it. <laughs> Watch one old boy here, Kong, he just... I'm like, brother, that, that door goes that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. A revolving door. In other words, if you just stay in that door, you just, you just, it just revolves. Yep. Right? You, what do you got to do? You got to step off. Yep. Right? Or you just, uh, is that right? That's right. Well, in a good sense, Paul's saying, I need you to revolve these things in your mind. Yeah. But there's a negative side of this. What you keep revolving in your mind, it doesn't just stay in your mind. Your spirit reaches out and grabs it. Why? Because your spirit assumes you want that because you're putting so much thought energy into it. Amen. And understand something, once something gets into your spirit, it becomes a stronghold. Hallelujah. And, th- and, 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 and that's why, I'll use this offering container, if, that's why if you take a thought, Whatever it may be. We'll use because we're talking about the negative thought. And you're looking at it this way and this way. And you're thinking about every possible scenario. Your spirit reaches out and grabs that. And brings it in. See, it was just here. But I've revolved it and, and turned it around and looked at it at every possible angle. And my spirit said, hmm, he wants that for some reason. And I reached out and grabbed it. That's the danger with entertaining those thoughts that are contraband or improper material. When the Bible talks about, there's two men in the Bible that Jesus dealt with. The demoniac, the gathering demoniac and the man in the temple. And it says about both of those men, they had an unclean spirit. And people say, well, all demons are unclean. Yeah, but when you, when you study that out, What it literally carries the idea of is that those men meditated on unclean, impure things to the point that they were possessed. Yeah, but pastor, you know, we're Christians. We can't be possessed. No, you you can't be demon-possessed, but you can be demon-oppressed. And anytime you reach out and you grab something, your spirit grabs it 
and you pull it into you. You got to be so cautious about what you meditate on. You have to be so cautious. There, there are, listen, there, I, I have trained myself, and I'm not bragging on me. I just want you to understand this. If it sounds like doubt, if it sounds like fear, if it sounds like uh, uh, defeat, it sounds like cussing to me. I'm getting rid of it. You can't have it. The Bible, the, the Bible, the Lord said to us at the beginning of the year, and I, and I said this several times, that in our houses, in this church, the sound of joy and rejoicing needed to be heard Amen. consistently. Amen. Why? Because that's what runs that out. Yeah. Amen. You, you cannot afford to just sit in a chair and start thinking. About what might happen, what could happen, what if. Right? Because then you'll become unreasonable. If you haven't known people that were, listen, think, think about this. And you've seen this. Somebody watches the weather. You know, weather's fake news. But anyway, some, I'm joking. Somebody watches the weather. Somebody watches the weather. And the weatherman says, snowstorm's coming. And you hear from the other room, the husband, Honey, come on, get your stuff. We need to go to the grocery store. Snow storm's coming. And you get there, and it's like a swarm of ants. And they're around three things. Eggs, milk, and, 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 and bread. And now toilet paper. Now, now why... Why would somebody go buy three gallons of milk, three loaves of bread, and six dozen of eggs? Snow melts. You are not going to starve before the snow goes away. Pondering, meditating the wrong, oh, we're not going to be able to get out. We, right? And then you get home, you're like, well, I don't know what got to stuff all this stuff in an already stuffed refrigerator. Right? Pondering the wrong thing. That's an elementary example, but that's how a lot of people do. They hear something, oh, and out of their mouth, we're not going to make it. What are we going to do? Dear God, it's falling apart. Well, that's, Pastor, that's what was in their heart in abundance. Right. That's what was in their heart in abundance and what triggered out of their mouth what was in their heart, what they thought. If you guard what you're thinking, you can stop any buildup in your heart. And then when you open your mouth, it'll be saying what God said instead of what the circumstance said. I'm nearly done. Just, just bear with me one moment. Uh, you can write this scripture down, Philippians 4.8. We won't turn there. Paul said to think on those things, whatever things were good and just and holy and of a good report, any virtue, any praise. The Amplified Bible says to take an inventory, take inventory of these things. There's times you got to take an inventory of what you're thinking on and if it comes up lacking on the positive end, restock the shelves. Amen. Yeah. Hebrews 11, 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You do not and you cannot produce faith over something you haven't expected. If you're not expecting it, you can't have faith for it. 
If you can't see yourself do it, you won't. If you can't imagine yourself having it, you won't. Amen. I remember my pastor one time in, in Hawaii, and he said he looked up on the top of a hill, and, and there was the mansion of the, at that time, the president of, of, of the owner of, of Dole Pineapple. And uh, he looked up there and saw that beautiful home, and he said, Lord, I just couldn't imagine living there. And the Lord said, don't worry about it, you won't. Now, that, that's about a house, but think about it. Amen. There are people that are in their house today full of fear, full of anxiety, paranoid, because they just cannot imagine things getting better. Well, if you can't imagine it, you won't have it. See, that's bondage. I declare to you, life will get back to normal. I, I declare to you that it's more normal today than it has been. And it'll be more normal tomorrow. Why is that so important? Because if you, if you don't keep that in your mind, when uh, I'll, I'll try to end with this. You can write this down. Mark 10, 50 through 51. The, the account of the man that we call blind Bartimaeus. When Jesus came out of Jericho, it says Bartimaeus began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Right? And, and the people tried to calm him down, remember? And it says he cried louder. When, when you are imagining the right thing, you just get louder about it. Amen. Remember what David said when he went back to, 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 to bless his home? He had danced before the Lord with all of his might. And he went to bless, he blessed the people and went to bless his home. And he walked in his house and his wife said, oh, isn't that a wonderful thing? The king of Israel has uncovered himself in front of all the servant girls. And David said, woman, you think I've been vile today? I'm going to be more vile. Amen. See, she had never seen the giant he faced. She had never seen the bear and the lion. When, when David was dancing before the Lord, it was primarily because the presence of God was coming back to, the Jeru to Jerusalem, but it was also dancing because he knew what the presence of God could produce. He knew it wasn't him and, and his rock that killed that giant. He knew it was God. Amen. That's why he told Saul, he said, the same God that delivered the bear and the lion into my hand will deliver this Philistine into my hand. And his wife wanted him to calm down. He said, wait a minute. You don't know. See, that David, you don't know what I know, right? I'm going to be even more excited about it. So Bartimaeus is calling out. And that shh, shh, shh. See, there's always somebody that's trying to shush your imagination. Right? What do you mean? How, how do you know it's going to get better? How, how do you know? Well, what saith the scripture? What, what did God say? Amen. And Jesus stopped and said, bring him to me. And isn't it amazing? The same people that are trying to shush him, now they're like, come on, he's calling for you. You want him? Come on. You know, 
You, you found out how, how godly Bartimaeus was because even blind, you know, you know if you swing hard enough, you're going to hit somebody. Right? <laughs> He's pretty godly. But notice what it says he did. He cast off his garment and went to Jesus. Now, there's, there's teaching. I, I, the Bible doesn't say it, but just, just for the sake of teaching, there's teaching that that garment was an indicator that he was allowed to beg. It showed that he was blind. It was like a, a cane today or, or whatever. Amen. And, and, it, and it's good teaching. I don't doubt it. That when he cast off that garment, it was saying, I know I'm not going to be blind anymore. I'm not going to need that anymore. Amen. But what caused him to cry out the way he cried out? He had an imagination that if I can get to him, he'll heal me and I won't be blind anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and when you begin to imagine something long enough, it starts coming out of your mouth. Amen. Until you're absolutely positive, there is no, I, I'll say this. There are things that God has promised us that I am just absolutely convinced it is physically impossible for it not to happen. Has to happen. Has to happen. Why? I've seen it. I've seen it. Amen. I've already walked through our new building. I've, I, amen. I already know where everything's going to be. I've seen it. I've been there. Yeah, but there's no but. That building has not been put on the back burner. What God has asked us to do is not, your prosperity has not been put on the back burner. It's still front and center. It's still right there where it was. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Say out loud, I believe that what I am seeing from the Word of God is what will happen in my life. And I declare that what I see is what I will declare. And it will all come to pass in the name of Jesus. Father, take my life. Take my life and use it. Make me a vessel for your service in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand up, everybody.